A new report says Pacific nations could be under-reporting the amount of remittances entering the countries due to data constraints. The report by the PESA Plus Implementation Unit looked at remittances from Kiribati, Solomon Islands and Tonga. The lead author, Alisi Holani, speaks with Caleb Fotheringham. The study on the constraints and opportunities on remittances data collection was in response to a request from the countries to look at this issue, noting that remittances in the context of labor mobility is one of the most significant development gain from workers from the Pacific participating in labor mobility schemes. So the money that they send back to their families and communities are quite significant. And the countries wanted to make sure that the data that they have is accurate and reflects the actual value of the remittances received because there are data collection constraints, data measurement constraints, which may lead to the reports on the value or volume of remittances received being less than the actual amount transferred by workers to their countries. We'll get into the constraints in a second, but before we do, is it okay if you tell me how important remittances are to the Pacific? Remittances is significant as a development capital transfer just in terms, firstly, of its volume. So for countries like Tonga, it accounts for about close to 50% of GDP. And so you can imagine from there that it has a potential to contribute to development just because of its significant volume. When you compare it to export receipts, foreign direct investment, and even overseas foreign aid, remittances trumps all of those capital transfers. And so just in its mere volume, it is quite significant. The other aspect of remittances also is the fact that it is a a private transfer. So most individuals or households overseas send it to their private households or relatives in the Pacific. And so they're considered to be private transfers. And because they are private transfers, they can have a direct impact on poverty alleviation and improving the standards of living of countries. And it's also important to note that remittances can be considered to be countercyclical. So in in times where uh, of economic downturn, like with the COVID-19, you will see remittances actually increasing. And so it becomes a, a safety valve kind of like to cushion the impact of those economic downturns on household incomes. Let's get to some of the constraints. What constraints did the study pick up on? I think it was very clear from the study just in terms of the differences in the the remittances market. So for a country like Kiribati, who does not have a central bank and only has the data that they report or collect on remittances is mainly just from ANZ Bank, you would imagine that the data that they collect is very much um, limited. And because remittances is a key component of balance of payments, which is usually collected by central banks, the fact that there is no central bank in Kiribati is a significant constraint to collecting accurate data. In countries like Solomon Islands and Tonga, there are constraints also in terms of the capacity of the central banks to collect accurate data. And a lot of the data that's collected, it's mostly limited to the data that's supplied by banks and MTOs or money transfer operations. And so it's very much the formal remittances. But when you look at remittances in its entirety, remittances that are sent by workers also include money that's, you know, they might carry cash 
we found that a lot of, of workers do carry cash back to their countries and uh, transfer it informally. They don't go through money transfer operations. They don't go through formal foreign exchange operations or banks. And so that data, the informal uh, remittances might not be recorded. And the other thing also with remittances is the fact that our in-kind remittances, especially we noted this from New Zealand, a lot of the workers that go to New Zealand also send back containers or consignments of goods. And so in-kind remittances are not usually captured in the remittances data that's collected by reserve banks. And so uh, the key constraint that we need to look at in terms of data collection is how we can supplement the data that's collected by the formal channels to take into account those that are not included, maybe perhaps looking at surveys, um, other research opportunities that can be done in parallel to the usual balance of payments methods so that we can have actual data that can be used for, for policy formulation. 